Well, grace and peace to you, children of God. Here we are, fresh off of Ash Wednesday and jumping into the season of Lent, a time when we focus our hearts and minds on returning to the Lord our God. And this year, guided by scripture and our Lenten study on service, we reflect especially on what it means to devote ourselves as faithful servants of our servant King, Jesus Christ, who teaches us how to love one another as a sign of God's kingdom come near. With all the grace and the freedom that Christ has to offer, we consider the many gifts and talents and blessings that we have, and we devote ourselves once again to the spiritual disciplines and practice of repentance, which means turning our hearts back to Christ and his cross. So today, we begin this practice with our first story from Mark's gospel featuring a rich young ruler and the theme of setting priorities. So here's a question for all of you. How do you go about picking and choosing when you make priorities? How do you go about it when you choose the important things that are going to use your time and attention and talents. Now, some of these, of course, just decide for themselves. When you're a new parent of an infant, for example, you don't prioritize changing diapers. It just happens because you need to make it happen. Other items, like everyday tasks of eating or drinking water, well, those are things that our body demands for survival. And so we do those things. But there are some tasks, some optional joys and labors that we decide for our lives that we need to schedule and plan out in order to make happen. For example, this year, my spouse and I saved up to build a backyard fence, and it looks pretty great. However, we budgeted all of our time and money and energy into the priority of building the fence rather than the mowing and the weeding and the picking up dog poop that goes with it. So now we have this great backyard fence, but no backyard yet to enjoy it with. You see, it is an art balancing priorities, something that we all need a little practice with. And maybe that's why Jesus goes out of his way in our gospel today to help a rich young ruler with practicing getting his priorities in order. Teacher, the man says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And eager for Jesus' answer, the man reports his task list of faithfulness. He's followed the commandments, he's been loyal and faithful, and now he wants to make sure that his efforts will be rewarded in the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus ever the good teacher and the good troublemaker throws a wrench in his plan. With love, Jesus looks at him and teaches him something new. Give up everything that you own, Jesus says, and then follow me. Wow, that is difficult, especially for someone whose whole life has been built around giving and sharing that wealth that he has. It might even feel like an impossible command. 
And of course, because of this, we see the man go away with a sense of despair. But it's not just this rich young ruler who's given the challenge today by Jesus. Later, he lays it out for his disciples in the gospel using this image of a narrow passageway. It's easier for a camel, Jesus says, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom. Yikes. (laughs) Once again, the people are surprised and are grieved. And their very human response makes sense when they lament, well, then, who can be saved? It's impossible for us. And they are right, for the most part. It's even better, however, than what they can imagine. Because as our gospel from Mark 10 proclaims, Jesus Christ has made it his first priority upon the cross to bring deliverance and salvation and the promise of new life to all of creation. For mortals, Jesus says, it is impossible. Salvation, perfection, justification, these things are impossible but not for God. For God, through Christ on the cross, all things are possible. During this season of Lent, and indeed all of the days of our lives throughout the year, Jesus calls us into a life of service, where we prioritize loving and serving God for this grace. But not because, as this rich young ruler supposed, it's not because it's our ticket into heaven, but instead because these actions are what turn our hearts back once more to following Jesus and towards the cross. And the cross reminds us that Christ's saving power is above all other things. It's through which all shall be made well in time, and to which nothing on heaven or earth can compare. Now, as Christians, we appreciate that strange mystery of the cross, because at first, it seems like any accomplishment that could happen through crucifixion is more than a little impossible. Suffering and shame, death and loss, these are not the things that we think of when we think of accomplishing things. And yet, through the fullness of Christ's resurrection, the most impossible things are made possible. Through suffering and shame, God is honored and glorified. Through cruelty and death, God brings about healing and newness of life. And in what looks like the world's greatest loss, God triumphs once and for all for the whole of creation. So these actions that we choose to prioritize, these actions of service, they help to bring us back there to the cross. They turn us towards God and our neighbor once more, reminding us, humbling us, and directing us to follow Jesus once again turning ourselves outward, and hearing and tending to the needs of our neighbors is an action that reshuffles our task list and our priorities. 
And it turns us back towards that miraculous, impossible power of Christ as our savior on the cross. So instead of putting ourselves and our comfort and our safety first, we can choose to follow Jesus, to walk into difficult places, standing alongside our neighbors in need. Instead of being careful and minding our own business, we can choose to follow Jesus, walking alongside others through the most difficult times in their lives, right when they need the body of Christ the most. And instead of piling up our time and talent and treasure, we can choose that difficult invitation to follow Jesus and turn our blessings outward living into this kind of abundance that is of the kingdom of God, something so great and so graceful that it rises above even the fear and the reality of scarcity. Because God who lives and dwells in this beloved triune community has made us not for life by ourselves, but for life together as the people of God. And there in the body of Christ, we find this great fullness of life around the cross. And that's what I think Mark is getting at when he recalls Jesus speaking to his disciples in chapter 10. Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or siblings or parents or child or fields for my sake and for the sake of the gospel. There is no one who will not receive a hundredfold in this age and in the age eternal to come. So siblings in Christ, in this season of Lent, I invite you once more to turn towards that impossible, powerful promise of the cross and to return to follow Jesus there. I invite us together as people of God to follow Jesus and allow that following of the servant king transform our relationships in the world around us. Guided by the Holy Spirit, I invite us into the practice of listening and learning and serving one another as messengers of the gospel and bearers of the image of God. And through these everyday actions of loving service, we might just find a new kind of community and life together. And most certainly, and most importantly above all else, we will find Jesus Christ waiting there at the cross. For the strength to do this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.